The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. We live in a fast-paced, hectic world where it is easy to feel overwhelmed, stressed, and out of control. How do you manage all the competing pressures without losing your sense of yourself? How do you stay focused enough to not only plot a path, but follow it? Welcome to Master Your Life, a show that offers inspiration, insight, and intelligence, as well as success stories for many walks of life that can show you how you can control your own destiny. Our knowledgeable and entertaining hosts and their guests give practical advice that you can use every day in the quest to master your life. Now, here are your hosts, Leah Mattinson and Dr. Howard Rankin. Welcome to Master Your Life, the show of insight, intelligence, and inspiration, where we ask you to consider who am I right now and who is it that I want to be. I'm Leah Mattinson, and as usual, I'm joined by my co-host, Dr. Howard Rankin. Howard, how are you doing this week? I'm doing great, thank you. How about you? I bet you've been busy. No, not me, not ever. (laughs) 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 Yeah, I've been a little bit busy. I uh, actually have good news this week. I have found out that my book, Silver Linings, is actually going to be published and on the shelves by the third week in October. Um, Awesome. Yeah, so with all that, though, you know, there comes the... Uh, all of the steps that you need to have to get the the book pushed out and for people to know who you are and, you know, setting up webinar series and meeting new people. And even with this radio show, just, uh, you know, meeting new people and setting setting up interviews and making sure that you manage uh, your time and time with the family. So volleyball with the kids and fixing boo-boos and being a grandma. So I have lots, lots on the go. And I've been really lucky in my life to have learned some really good skills to turn off at night and get a good sleep. <laughs> so well, so keeping, glad, keeping it all going is good. Well, I'm glad you mentioned that last point because one of the things that um, I've certainly had trouble in my life uh, periodically, and I know a lot of people do, is just that, is turning off the brain, right? When you have been you're really busy, really processing, really stressed, what have you, the ability to switch off is something that a lot of people find very difficult. And, you know, that's a perfect um, lead-in to today's guest. And I'm really thrilled and happy to have with us one of the leaders and pioneers. And I say that, um, that is not a stretch at all. One of the leaders and pioneers in brain technology. Now, probably most of you listeners have seen various devices or apps to help train the brain get in different states. 30 years ago, when Dave Seaver started out, there wasn't really anything much like that, certainly not available for the public. So Dave Seaver, um, who's from Edmonton, Alberta, has been a pioneer in this field, and we're really happy to have you, Dave. Welcome to the show. Hi, welcome. Yes, thank you very much. Yeah, so um, I know you started uh, initially in the field of dentistry doing some biofeedback and, and trying to devise some technology that would help you um, 
understand better of the nature of people's issues. Can you tell us a little bit about that and how you got started in this whole field? Sure. Yes, I'd love to, because <clears throat> it's an interesting story as well. And uh, uh, and I was building a research lab so they could help them design better splints for t- treating TMJ, that people with temporal temporal mandibular dysfunction. <clears throat> and uh, so jaw tension, basically, and usually they have neck tension, head, you know, shoulder tension as well, and so on. And uh, I was building a research lab for them, and one of the things I was trying to design was a device that would measure, uh, it measures muscle activity and would give us an indication as to how poor the bite was by disruptions in in terms of the muscle activity that we were looking at. And while I was doing that, I started wondering, I just wonder how many people who were TMJ problems uh, have really got stress, because it really looked like there was a lot of people with stress and anxiety, much more so than people with just occlusion problems. So uh, I took it upon myself. Uh, you know, um, there's an expression, if you're, only world, if you're only tools a hammer, the whole world's a nail. <clears throat> well, dentists are kind of <laughs> like that. The whole world's a splint receptacle. And so they don't, they don't get out of that box of thinking. And uh, so I, I did, and I started running them on a life event scale and, and other questionnaires. And it turns out that in the 80s when I was doing this, oil was down to about $12 a barrel. And Alberta is a big oil-producing province that probably most people have heard about the oil sands and all that stuff from Alberta. <clears throat> and uh, anyway, in the 80s, oil dipped as low as $12 a barrel. And lo and behold, it turned out most of our patients were wives of oil workers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And so you, you were young able to families, show that. Yeah, they had young families, big mortgages, eighteen percent interest, often uh, up to that, and uh, a lot of people lost their homes in that time. So I discovered that indeed there was a stress connection going on. Now, just fortunately, uh, I developed a reputation as being a mad scientist kind of guy, developing all kinds of crazy gear and things. <clears throat> and biofeedback gear we developed mm-hmm. and other things. Um, and an instructor in performing arts had heard of me, and he asked me to build a, a what I consider to be a really crazy new age blinking light machine to help his students overcome stage fright. And I had never heard of this before. I thought it was pretty silly, and I didn't think it it was what based on real science at all. <clears throat> but uh, I built him the first one. And uh, and I made a copy. It took me ten months, nine months to build that first one. It was I started in the fall of uh, um, 1984 and finished it in June '85. And I built a second one for me because I was starting to really struggle too with mortgage issues and money and all that. And and uh, I was using it for my own anxiety and stress, <laughs> and it was helping me out quite a bit. Then I started using it on our patients with TMJ dysfunction, and it was helping them out quite a bit. And then I thought, you know, this has got to be more than just a fancy new age placebo. I wonder if there's some real science to this. And I started digging around in the health sciences library and discovered there had been several hundred studies on what they called visually evoked potentials, like physiological responses to lights and sounds. Uh, But there were also a handful of clinical studies showing how it calmed people down, their altered states of consciousness, relaxation. So then I thought, wow, you know, maybe there's something real to this. Then we actually published a study on treating TMJ, most effective technique we had ever used. It relaxed muscle, tense muscles, just like butter, in minutes. And then it went on and on and on from there. I kept 
checking out, researching more things. We started researching ADHD, depression, anxiety, uh, uh, boosting cognition or, or grade point average in students, boosting cognition in seniors, <clears throat> and it's gone ever since. So far, we've sponsored two dozen studies uh, on audiovisual entrainment. Great. And so, so, after the, so along this four-decade path, really, that, you, that you've been on, you started out working uh, with dentists who were in a box, then moved to the arts uh, category where they wanted you to build a strobe light. <laughs> that, basically, then, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, basically a strobe light. And so I think that that's very, it's interesting that um, that this idea of light stimulation or light and sound, which has been, you know, lots of times the really good technologies or the things that really work well, for some reason, don't get picked up and promoted like crazy. So do, do you have any insight about that, about, you know, why there would be these things in the archives and the annals of the university and that had not really ever been picked up on and, and uh, you know, played on until you got your hands on them in the uh, late or mid-80s? Oh, yeah. Uh, I could probably have hundreds of stories about that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> All kinds of wonderful inventions and interventions have been not never picked up in favor of poor ones. And a lot of it, I believe, comes down to money for, uh, you know, health, uh, health drug companies, doctors and hospitals, insurance companies. I'm not sure, but <clears throat> I think a lot of it comes down to money. And we've right. certainly been approached over the years, too, with some of the innovations we've made and companies, uh, medical-type companies have approached us and said that, you know, if only we had were charging considerably higher or had some way of generating a revenue stream once the product was sold, that they would show interest. And, and our company motto is, you know, to sell good quality technology that helps people out at a reasonable price. And so because of that, we'll, we may never get into the medical system in, that re- in, a, in a large capacity <clears throat> just because it's not a big revenue stream. Yeah. Um, Dave, just for the listeners, I'd like to, uh, I'll give you my version and you can tell me whether I'm right or not. Just get to the base of what sound and light is. And fundamentally, uh, and I think this goes back to the 1920s where there was some research showed that like, if you flash light of a certain frequency, your brain will track to that frequency, which means, given that we know the different frequencies for different states of consciousness, if you flash a light of a certain frequency, your brain is going to track to it. So, for example, if we know that 8 hertz, 8 cycles per second is relaxation, we flash light or play sound at that frequency the brain, the brain tracks to that, and that's the way in which you can manipulate the brain initially and then train it subsequently. Is that sort of a rough, pretty good, accurate description of, of the sort of light and sound technology? You know, when I got into it, that's what I thought it was. Oh, okay, good. <clears throat> but uh, it turns out it really isn't. And part of the reason why, yeah, they discovered visually evoked potentials or, or um, that you could drive the algorithm up and down back in 1980 or 1934. <clears throat> but um, it turns out there's other things to it. Uh, it. That's only just a small aspect of it. And recently, in actuality, now that we've been doing some of our studies on concussion, we're discovering we get a completely different frequency out than the different frequency we're putting in. And <laughs> it's very counterintuitive, but it's also very exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that was the original premise, but the, that premise really holds mostly with like strobe lights where, where it flashes very instantaneously like a, you know, like, a, like a flash does or a strobe. <clears throat> um, 
and they, they trigger what they call evoked potentials. But when you massage the light down and make it more gentle, um, then it starts acting on the thalamus more uh, rather than just evoked potentials. And you often don't quite see that frequency driving anymore. But what you do see is that, uh, believe it or not, flashing lights drive up cerebral blood flow considerably. One study showed 28%. Uh, and hmm. most of our neurological issues are often uh, low levels or hypoperfusion of cerebral blood flow. <clears throat> when you look at depression, uh, ADD, anxiety, um, uh, cognitive decline, head injuries, all of this is our, our low levels of cerebral blood flow. <clears throat> and entrainment naturally drives it up, uh, which is part of the reason why it works. But the other thing is, too, when you look at people with stress and all that stuff, especially people going through panic or military, uh, people who have just had car accidents and they're developing PTSD, <clears throat> their brain gets really racy. Their serotonin shuts down, which is a calming neurotransmitter. It shuts down, and, and the brain's adrenaline, which is called norepinephrine, skyrockets. And then they've got millions of racy thoughts just ripping around in their head, and they can't stop, And which right. adds way more stress. And they can't sleep now, and they're, uh, they just get exhausted mentally. Well, one of the things entrainment helps to do is it dissociates people. And when it's done right, the, the, the stimuli is quite overwhelming, and very quickly people go into a very similar trance to that of a Zen meditator. And it calms the brain right down. And all the studies show on meditation, when you calm that brain right down, the entire body just calms right down with it. <clears throat> and we've got all kinds of studies now on heart rate variability, um, um, muscle tension, electrodermal, um, and they show there's autonomic calming across the board when people use entrainment. Plus, it also drives up neurotransmitters. Uh, Sheely did a study in the 80s showing that uh, lights flashing at the alpha rhythm uh, uh, drove up serotonin 23%, norepinephrine 18 and, um, and endorphins 13%. And so we've used it for, uh, uh, so we've had some remarkable results using it for pain reduction. And so pain one of the, is both the about I just endorphins want to, I, and... Sorry, sorry go, go ahead. ahead, Dave. I just wanted to I guess ask a question about this because um, it's like finding I, one of my rules of life is find the root cause and fix that and stop focusing on symptoms. I think the the racing thoughts though, like when people are looking at how do I diagnose that I'm having a problem myself? Um, one of the things in all of the head injury and concussions and um, you know uh, post traumatic stress disorder, ADHD, et cetera. Racing thoughts is one of the like one of the things where if you're laying in bed at night and you were going, how do I know something's actually wrong with me? <laughs> and that <laughs> yeah. what you're proposing is that the technology that you have not only proposing but that you've proven as the technology that you've created over these years does what? Does it cure it? Um, in many cases, yes, I'll say it does, uh, mm -hmm. or, or it manages it. Depends what it is. Now, when it comes to racy head, there's, there's two ways you get a racy head. You either get a brain that's running too fast, so the foot's on the gas, and you get all these racy thoughts, but usually those are higher level thoughts. People are trying to do engineering projects or save the world or this or that. The other type is when the brain gets tired. As you often see with, uh, well, with ADHD, ADD, uh, cognitive decline, <clears throat> injuries, uh, just the fatigue and exhaustion from daily living often, and the brain gets slow. And when the brain starts to slow down, it loses its brakes. 
And then you get all kinds of mindless racy thoughts that never stop about anything, anything and everything <clears throat> for no good reason, and people can't stop those. But when people get a racy head, they assume the brain is running fast. When I would say the reality is we see a lot, because I, I have a brain mapper in my office, and I do EEGs here. Boy, we see a lot of people whose brains are running slow, and that's why they have anxiety. And, of course, the treatment would be completely opposite to someone with a fast brain. Yeah, and that's, you know, that's, again, contrary to what people would think, but I think that's, you know, very, very interesting I think that's true. I think people who have a racing brain think they're racing, but in fact, as you say, they've lost their brakes and they don't yes, have any control. A lot of people actually and need to be sped up. Control is a problem, right? Yes, a lot of people actually need to be sped up to calm them down. It's the same action in a way, a non-drug approach to what Ritalin does. Sure. You know, when, when you have an ADHD child, their dominant brainwave is at about six or seven cycles per second. It should be at ten. <clears throat> so it's running very slow. And when you give them Ritalin or speed, it wakes up the prefrontal lobes. The prefrontal lobes mostly manage impulse control, impulsing, you know, control of emotions, hyperactivity, and so on. So when you wake up the frontal lobes, they wake up, they put the brakes on the motor strip, and the child calms down. Uh, and so it's counterintuitive that way. And entrainment does that quite well, partly because it increases cerebral blood flow, and ADHD children are very low in cerebral blood flow in the frontal side, the frontal regions. Right. I think it's right. just the, re- the research and the products are so exciting for people who have been stumped about how they're going to get a solution to the things that are actually turning their lives inside out. And when there's health crises of any kind, it's very difficult to figure out you know, what the right steps are. So I love that this is a solution, a tech solution, that when other solutions maybe aren't working, or maybe if you even want to start with a tech solution, this might be a great thing to start getting educated on. And when we come back from the break, we're going to talk about and explore a little bit more about mind mapping. So you think you can get a tech to look at your brain and give you some answers? You might just be able to. So when we come back after the break, we'll talk more with Dave and figure out our wonderful brains. your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com If you've been searching for fat loss and mental clarity in one place, think ketosis. Maybe you've heard about a ketogenic diet but have been totally turned off by the painstaking effort to do it. Well, agonize no longer because there is a solution. What could be just as simple and easy as taking your daily vitamins? Visit reallifetraining.expert to find out. Raise your hand and get in on the front end of the total wellness revolution. Get well, manage your mood, clear your mind. Visit reallifetraining.expert now. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to Master Your Life. To reach Leah Mattinson, Dr. Howard Rankin, or their guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Or send an email to Leah, that's L-E-A-H-A, at changeyourlife.expert. Now, back to Master Your Life. Welcome back to Master Your Life. We're here with our guest, Dave Seaver, who is an absolute pioneer in stimulation technology from Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. And we've been talking before the break about all of the 
wonderful applications that technology can have in helping us to uh, understand our brain better, understand brain function better, and how to actually find solutions for things that may have been unsolvable up until now. Uh, so Dave, with all this technology and with all these things that could actually change not only your life, but your family's life, your children's life, where, where does a person actually start? Well, before you go there, oh, you're absolutely right. It, it was essential for me. I grew up in, in um, a dysfunctional family and struggled with depression, anxiety quite severely in my when I was you know a teenager and in my twenties. I had basically I had childhood PTSD, <clears throat> and uh, and it resolved all of it. And and I really had a really struggled cognitively, and, and it has restored all of it. Uh, my daughter um, is also kind of prone to anxiety naturally, and she was always in the always she always was self driven to be the best in her class and but then she would get anxiety and couldn 't sleep and so I was using um, the entrainment on her ever since she was about grade one and and then uh, and she used it on and off you know enough time two three four nights a week. Uh, and when she went into university, I mean, she was, her mind was so sharp. She won the Dean's Award. Uh, she wow. became a speech pathologist, but her marks were so high in one of her courses that the professor had to get special permission from the Dean to award her those marks so it didn't look yeah. like collusion. <clears throat> and that's, that's what, what an it awesome did to her. Story. Oh, my <laughs> Lord. That gave and me goosebumps. That's she's so an absolute advocate for it. She said it made her, uh, really helped her be sharp, yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Oh, yeah. But where do we start? So, mm. mm-hmm. so well, basically, I mean... Uh, I like to say where we start when it comes to entrainment is we try to focus on the areas where we already have research. And we have, we have several studies now on seniors. We have studies on risk of falling, studies on, on depression, although we, we officially can't say that. Uh, we can say it boosts mood. Uh, we have studies on um, improving grade point average, uh, concentration, memory, grade point average in uh, students, <clears throat> including reducing worry in students. We did a study out of the UFT in Austin, and they found out that all the techniques that the psychology department used, and they were using our gear as a placebo, and it outperformed <laughs> all of the techniques that they had, so they rewrote the study to make it look like it was a treatment condition. Because it looked bad when it, when a placebo outperforms all your tried and true <laughs> approaches. On this. I love it. I love it. Yeah, and and, and, yep. and it says something I think very important, Dave, which I know you will agree with. As somebody who's been in the profession a long time and seen the value of neurotechnology, I mean the fact is that you really need to address the brain and. Talking and talking and talking can only get you so far. I mean, my, my metaphor is, you know, you, you know, you go to the car mechanic, and uh, he, he spends all time, you know, because you've got a, you got a problem with your car. He spends all time talking about your driving habits, and doesn't know how to look in the engine. Would we accept yeah. that? I don't think so. And Talk think therapy that, is a real is a real problem. Uh, in my opinion. I mean, it certainly works on some people. <clears throat> I've used it with some of my clients. Uh, I used to sell uh, manufacture lie detectors, and they came wow. in real handy during talk therapy to see if people were being honest <laughs> and trying to cover up or protect themselves. I, I could tell you some good stories in that whole sec- in that in that arena. <clears throat> but um, 
Um, let's see, now where was I going to go with this now? But some of the things about entrainment, yeah, are, uh, you're, you're right. You know, stress shuts the brain down, pesticides shut it down, poor nutrition shuts it down. Um, so many of us are deficient in things. Uh, vitamin D, iodine, minerals, omega-3s, we're deficient in so much stuff. So the brain already has poor fuel in the tank. And how do you tune an engine with poor fuel in the tank? It's difficult. You really, in my opinion, you really want to get the fuel cleaned as well. So I really encourage a lot of my clients to get on, on a, a quite a serious um, nutritional regimen at the same time as they're doing entrainment. But, of course, all of our studies... So that we don't confound them, are just done in treatment only, without any, without addressing nutrition or anything. Otherwise, we'd confound our studies, and we wouldn't know what worked. <clears throat> but um, one of the things that came out uh, a couple of years ago was uh, a student from Saybrook University, and I teach a, I teach all of this as a course at student univer- at Saybrook University, and uh, <clears throat> and she did a, a senior study for us, which was really nice, and she did EEGs. Mm. In that study, now one of the things as we age and develop cognitive decline, one of the um, uh, correlations is brainwave frequency. There's a direct correlation with brainwave frequency and cognitive ability. <clears throat> and as our brain gets slower and slower in frequency, you know, nine cycles per second, then eight, then seven, you're getting into serious dementia there. And uh, so the study that they did, they uh, they had the average age was 68 years of age. And they looked at immediate memory and delayed memory, which are two things that really go as we age. And they had a 100% increase in immediate memory and a 40% increase in delayed oh. memory. <clears throat> but on the EEG, their brain waves sped up to be equivalent to that of 50-year-olds. So in a way, they took 20 years off their brain age or their brain functioning age. And that was a wonderful result to come from this. They did a six-month follow-up, and not only did the brain frequency, was it still holding, but immediate memory was holding, and delayed memory actually got better. Oh, well. And so when you talk about what they were doing, because I'm sure a lot of people were very interested in the study like that, what was it, again, can you describe in simple detail what they were doing to get that effect? Yeah, we have a session on our, on our devices called the Brain Brightener. And it gives, um, uh, for the right brain, we're, we're, we're increasing the sensory motor rhythm or lo- and low beta, which has mm-hmm. to do with relaxed attention. And on the mm-hmm. left side of the brain, we're stimulating in frequencies that are for more active attention. <clears throat> Meanwhile, they're in, they simultaneously inhibit the slower brainwave frequencies that are associated with cognitive struggling and emotional control and that kind of a thing. So they inhibit that automatically. And and we just have a session on a machine called Brain Brightener, and uh, that's what they used, yep. Yep. and it worked very well. So again, just want to clarify this so people understand. So what happens is you have this relatively small and easy to use device, and you put on these special glasses that are like sunglasses, and you put on a headset, correct? Yes. And and then uh, these deliver visual and audio stimulation that does what Dave has just described, influences rhythms and patterns in different parts of the brain and activity in different parts of the brain and retrains it. And in that particular study, how long were they using it? What were these, 30-minute sessions once a day, or, or what was that? 
Yeah, they were using uh, about, I think, 25 minutes, about five times, four to five times a week. <clears throat> and she did her follow-up at one month. Other right. studies that have been done, for instance, there's a study done out of Germany, uh, and they looked at college students there, <clears throat> and they looked at memory and concentration, and they gave them that similar protocol that we use on our seniors. They're a little bit different, but um, a little more energizing for the students, but similar. And one of the things, of course, as you know, having gone through medical school yourself, uh, by about three hours into trying to memorize all kinds of stuff, your brain gets really tired. And that's always with memory. Uh, so when they look at these, whenever we do memory tests and they look, they have a control group that's getting a sham condition or a fake, a fake condition, mm-hmm. <clears throat> the memory, when they do their second memory test a couple hours later, it's always worse. They always have poorer performance than the first test because their brain got tired from the first test. Uh, and yet when, when the, the group that gets the entrainment <clears throat> does the follow-up memory test, their memory is remarkably better. It's amazing. And to think that it's just like, why would not every single uh, person who is aging and every single person, you know, this be available in a library at the university so you can just go plug in, put your shades on and, you know, heal your brain. <laughs> There's it, my There visual. should be. Let's, and it's so simple to be. do. You know, that's the thing. It's so easy to do, and, and it really works. And there is nothing medically out there, drugs or otherwise, that can sharpen a brain, especially a senior's brain. <clears throat> and uh, one of our studies on seniors, not only did it sharpen their brains, but uh, it reduced their risk of falling. It improved their balance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm so I just wanted to ask one more question on that. Have you ever, I know that you don't maybe uh, mix studies, ideas together, but you said you talked uh, with your clients that are on using the machines and you have um, them on you suggested to them that they follow some nutritional guidelines uh, is there is there any sort of thing for the listeners if they were going to follow some sort of good nutrition plan that would be just something they could look up and follow or is it something very detailed that they that isn't really available yeah it's kind of detailed because you know all kinds of people sell <clears throat> nutritional supplements Based now, on prior research, it doesn't mean there's quality in their own supplements. Yeah. We talk about ketogenic nutrition a bit on the show because being in ketosis is shown to be a neuroprotectant, um, but sure. we don't push any, promote any sort of supplementation per se. It would just be if there was something people were looking at getting rid of out of their nutrition plan, would there be some one strong thing that you would say, hey, well, be the yeah, one thing Well, I'm very brand eliminate. specific on some things. Uh, but one of the things people typically need is they need a liquid iodine. <clears throat> you don't, I don't have to mention the brand name, but a liquid iodine. They need to get on a good quality omega-3. Mm-hmm. Uh, they need to get on, uh, I usually typically s- suggest liquid minerals. Again, most times liquids absorb much better than, uh, than pills do. Uh, mm-hmm. Also, vitamin D is essential. Now, the problem with vitamin D is vitamin D uh, supplements are not sulfated, whereas when you eat uh, animal fats, it's, it's vitamin D sulfate. <clears throat> that's what the Inuit eat, and that's why they don't have to tan. It's very, very good for you. Uh, our supplements don't have the sulfated form, and so you have to tan. And research is showing, all kinds of research now on tanning is showing that people who are not tanning or using sunscreen or just staying indoors a lot have two to three times the mortality rate of tanners, and they have all kinds of psychiatric issues. Uh, this right. whole scare of the sun is causing a lot of psychological problems. And so mm-hmm. I often send my own clients to tanning salons at the same time just to get their self-seated form of vitamin D up. 
That may sound well, crazy, but that's what I do. Well, and I've got brain maps well, to show some remarkable, remarkable improvements after tanning. Yeah, that's really interesting. Again, I just want to um, reinforce for the listeners, as a practitioner who's used this technology, how easy it is. I mean, we are literally talking about plugging into a simple device, uh, putting on the glasses, plugging in the headset, and just sitting back and letting the stimulation do its magic for 20 or 30 minutes a few times a week. That's what we're talking about. So it sounds, and it is, complex in terms of theory about what's happening in the brain, but we've reached a point, thanks to people like Dave, where that technology now can be very specific. We can train down certain brain waves in certain areas of the brain. We can train up others, and we're learning so much more. So I just wanted to emphasize that because I think it's important. It might be easy for somebody listening to this to think that it's some you know, horrendously complicated procedure. Far from it. It used to be in the old days. Now we have five categories on our devices. We have energized, meditate, mood boosting, brain boosting, and the sleep or wellness, feeling better section. And you just push the category that you need to work on. Yep. So David for dummies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, really. That's good because nobody has the energy to read all of those instructions. <laughs> how uh, so? Is it easy for people to get the product, Dave? Like, how how would somebody um, find your product and get their hands on it? Get get it shipped to them and get it on their on their head. Yes, we we certainly ship direct uh, around the world, but we have distributors all over the world as well. In the United States, most of our distributors are are generally psychologists. Uh, chiropractors, a few, uh, uh, you know, naturopaths, that kind of a thing, and a few medical doctors and a few psychiatrists, but mostly psychologists in the United States who practice biofeedback, or they can buy direct from us. Um, that's the best way. And where could they find that? Uh, again, what's your website, and, and how do they contact you? Yes, our, our website is mindalive.com. If you're feeling brain dead, Dial in mindalive.com. Uh, so <laughs> M I N D A L I V E. Yeah. Uh, dot com. And that's our website. And uh, that'll certainly get you into us. Yeah. Do a checkup from the neck up and then call. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I like that. As opposed to brain dead, mind alive. Very good. I never thought of it that way, even though I've uh, visited the site many times. So, so that's, <laughs> yeah. a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a good, that's really a good one. Um, and again, I just want to emphasize to the listener the ease of use of this equipment, uh, and it's proven success. Uh, honestly, I, I can't stress enough, if you're struggling with some of these issues that Dave's been talking about, um, you really owe it to yourself to at least check out uh, the equipment. When we come back on the other side of the break, we'll, we'll talk about some practical things and whether there are some other things that people can do to get control of their brain. So when we come back on Master Your Life, we'll continue with Dave Steve. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. 
If you've been searching for fat loss and mental clarity in one place, think ketosis. Maybe you've heard about a ketogenic diet but have been totally turned off by the painstaking effort to do it. Well, agonize no longer because there is a solution. What could be just as simple and easy as taking your daily vitamins? Visit reallifetraining.expert to find out. Raise your hand and get in on the front end of the total wellness revolution. Get well, manage your mood, clear your mind. Visit reallifetraining.expert now. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to Master Your Life. To reach Leah Mattinson, Dr. Howard Rankin, or their guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Or send an email to Leah, that's L-E-A-H-A, at changeyourlife.expert. Now, back to Master Your Life. Welcome back to Master Your Life. I'm co-host Dr. Howard Rankin, along with my host, Leah Manson. Today, we are talking with a neurotechnology expert. That means somebody who knows how to train your brain to do better things. His name is Dave Seaver. He's a pioneer in the field. We've been talking about the many applications of the device. Dave, perhaps you could go over again the sorts of things that this technology can help people with. Yes, uh, it helps with general stress and anxiety. It helps people, uh, well, improve writing exams. It helps them at the dentist. <clears throat> I've not used freezing since 1988. I just put the gear on, and I go. And I've had crowns done. I've had a root canal. The spring, my me wow. and the endodontist both did our first root canal without freezing, and he was, he, he was more nervous than me. <laughs> um, wow. uh, seniors, of course, can use it to improve their balance and uh, their cognition in general and be sharp still and be able to drive and do all the things that they've enjoyed in their younger years <clears throat> that they are afraid of losing. Uh, it's been used, uh, there's several studies, or a few studies out for depression, ADHD. It's worked very well for school children in general. Um, it's quite broad overall. Uh, certainly stress, uh, PTSD, uh, the Semper Fi Marine Fund is buying 40 a month from us right now for war vets. And uh, it's one of the best treatments they've got, partly because not only do these, a lot of these vets have PTSD, <clears throat> but many of them have concussive injuries as well from shockwaves, from explosives and things like this. And it's caused uh, concussion-type injuries, which MRIs, basically medicine, can barely or rarely detect uh, concussion injury, or what's known as a diffuse axonal injury, which are the most common types car accidents, football players, hockey, people falling on their sidewalks. <clears throat> this is a very common type of head injury, and it takes the brain out. And um, I was at a concussion conference this last June, and I was just surprised when they had uh, an expert panel, an ER doctor from the university hospital, a psychology professor, <clears throat> an expert medical doctor on concussions and sport injuries, and they all said, well, it's basically not detectable. And it's also basically not treatable. And I'm like, guys, I've been de- there's a real, per- there's an absolutely unmistakable signature for that type of concussion. <clears throat> and also in treatment, it turns out, uh, uh, treats it very, very effectively. So I published a 45-page document, or I'm in the process right now of publishing that document. And I looked at an anorexic, 
a binge alcoholic and a lady who lost her job and was really struggling emotionally. And she had two teenage sons, uh, five, and still five years after a car accident. And they all had virtually identical brain patterns, all relating to injury. And, and, so, and so, yeah, sorry, go ahead, one, yeah, yeah, so one of the questions that was posed to the professor was, if someone had a pre-existing condition, <clears throat> should you treat it before you treat the head injury? And he said, yes. And I'm like, oh, no, because so many uh, conditions that people have are a result of the injury. There's a whole spectrum of disorders that can occur as a result of a concussion. And, and you've got to treat the concussion first because odds are it will resolve itself. Yes, and uh, absolutely. Just It's uh, just always shocking to me. I know it shouldn't be. Uh, just how often we come up against these resistances with the medical establishment that are things that seem like common sense. So when so with concussion, I've been a personal trainer for over 30 years. So I've seen many, many, many um, injured hockey players and injured football players and uh, injured lacrosse players and all with the same symptomology. We let our kids go back to school after they've had a head injury and they get kicked out of school, they get suspended because they're acting like a bunch of boneheads. Um, We just don't, um, I think that we've been told over and over again that there's no solution to this. And uh, most people are not of the bent of going, I want to prevent this, I'm going to put a helmet on every time I do something. Uh, So we, we have head injury, we need to figure out how we're going to heal it. So just the thought, that a person who has been struggling with concussion, that they could make one decision, and the one decision would be to do this brain entrainment. And and how quickly does it heal? Well, so far I've been finding that, see, it's it's not about healing. Basically, after the concussion, the brain has healed, Mm-hmm. But the neurons are still offline. After the, mm-hmm. after the, during the inflammation process, it, it looks like the brain is, takes off billions of neurons offline, <clears throat> in a sense, while it's healing, which is okay. But they don't get on, on the, I call it the use it or lose it uh, concept. Mm-hmm. They, because mm-hmm. they're now offline, they don't get back online. And, and that's what we're seeing. They don't get back online. So we're not really healing, but we're, we're, we're jump-starting it again. And when I put people on entrainment, now here's the weird thing, though. It's counterintuitive because people with concussion uh, injuries lose their alpha rhythms. And they lose it because the the alpha rhythm comes from a little loop between the thalamus and the cortex, or the skin of your brain, along your skull. And when that loop gets somehow shut down, uh, you lose your alpha rhythm. Uh, but then when neurons don't get a synchronizing pulse from the thalamus and they got nothing to do, they start to shoot off little pulses all on their own at low frequencies in delta, but they're not synchronized. The master, the, master, the conductor, <clears throat> the thalamus, is not synchronizing them anymore because the loop is broken. They're just firing in them randomly. So when I do a brain map, I see no alpha. I see mm-hmm. terrible phase problems in the delta range and really choppy, agitated beta and uh, those are the three things that just jump right out and you you can't possibly miss them. And we used to give alpha in entrainment to try to get that alpha back, and it didn't work very well because alpha isn't real energizing. It's meant to be a calmer uh, frequency, and it took me several years to figure out, uh, partly through trial and error, that if we give them beta stimulation, believe it or not, a blend actually of SMR and beta or alpha and beta uh, mixed, 
And we do that by putting different frequencies in the fields of our glasses and in the headphones. Uh, usually about 20 minutes in, I'll, I'll be mapping them on the EEG, and about 20 minutes in, suddenly we see an alpha wave show up, and then another, and then another, and then another, and then a whole stream of alpha waves start popping out, and often the person will also fall asleep because they're so tired. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then at night they'll sleep 11 or 12 hours. Mm-hmm. And uh, some uh, clients have commented, as soon as we were finished, they go, wow, the bag's off my head, I'm clear. First time mm-hmm. in years. And this condition can linger for for decades. Is what it's looking like, mm-hmm. and it just they just yeah. need a kickstart. It lo- is what it looks like. Yeah, and again, for people, uh, most listeners would not have any experience with this technology. But as somebody who's used it, Dave's talking about mapping brain waves. Um, you actually see this stuff. You can see it in the monitor in front of you. Exactly what areas of the brain are doing what. You're looking at the activity in those brain waves which are characterized by these different frequencies alpha delta beta and so forth and so it sounds like a very complex science but in in some ways because the theory behind it's complex but in some ways the actual practical application is pretty simple um, it really is and I think, yeah yeah oh sorry it's like a tv i mean a tv is extremely complicated but you just hit the on button that's right. <laughs> yeah, I think that's true. I think that's true. That's not the case for everybody because I get a remote control handed to me and holy smokes. <laughs> Watch out. <laughs> yeah, now I will say there are certainly psychological uh, you know, cases that are definitely uh, complex. <clears throat> but for the most part, there, there's, there's uh, millions of people out there and, uh, uh, where this will work on. And... Uh, and, and it'll work better probably than most things that they've ever tried. Most of my clients have been already to all kinds of doctors. They've been all kinds of drugs. And they've been left feeling helpless at the end of it all. And so, and then they get on the gear and bingo, <coughs> away they go. And they say, so how, how come this isn't in drug, you know, drug stores all across the country and in doctor's offices? Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. It should be. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm just, and I'm thinking, how does a person circumvent all the other, I uh, like to use the word shenanigans, but so how does one circumvent all the other shenanigans and let other people know about uh, what it is that you're doing at Mind Alive? Yes. Um, so do you, do you have a fairly active social network? Like, how do you actually, or is it just patients or clients that are sharing information and stories? Are there a community that people can come and check out? Yeah, true. Yes, there is. Yes. I mean, we have a psychologist that works for part-time. I map his clients as well. <clears throat> we have Facebook. We have a newsletter. We have, um, well, I know we have a tweet, um, but I'm not sure how it works. Uh, <laughs> but if someone was to come into Mind Alive, just, just uh, email info at mindalive.com or go on our website. They can get into our newsletter and stuff like this. If they want to see the research, click on the research tab. And the top listing says Research Articles by Dave Seaver. Click on that and you'll see a whole page of studies that have been done <clears throat> over the last 15, 20 years and articles that have been published on it. And, uh, and that'll get them off to a very good scientific start if they need to you know, see the science. Um, and that's the best place to go, in my opinion. Um, yeah, we've also got a forum now. What's the name of our forum? I may have to ask my, uh, my people what the name of our forum is, but we do have a forum. I think it's called Stimulation Technologies Forum with, at Yahoo Groups. 
<clears throat> but um, for me, I collect reefs. I lecture at conferences throughout you know the uh, United States and Europe mostly. And there are so many clinicians using our gear. We're sharing stories and uh, learning more all the time and collecting evidence. That's really the big thing. It seems to me that we've got the technology pretty nailed down as to what to do on what condition. Uh, but we need to continually collect <clears throat> the evidence so that uh, we get taken seriously. And uh, that was my mission statement way back in 1988 or so after we did our first study on treating TMJ pain with it. And it worked so well, I said, you know, blinking lights look hocus-pocus enough that no one's going to believe it if we don't do studies. And I don't want to see this die as a new-age fad. And so that's why we're so proactive on the research end of it. Yeah, and I, th- I think that is one of the big pluses of, of your organization and what you have done. Uh, and you make it accessible. As you say, people can go online and look at a lot of research in this area. So this isn't um, just an outfit that's set up and, and just is going on blind faith. You have done a lot of research, and there's been a lot of research on that. So people who are interested in this can really, really... Um, pick that up and learn more about the, the research behind it. Yes, uh, just plain old blinking lights and pulsing sounds don't necessarily work. They have to be done, uh, I would say, smartly. <clears throat> and, uh, and that has taken, you know, uh, say, thousands of hours of research to know how to do that correctly. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And um, we've got a few minutes left. Just tell us what's the future, because, I mean, the future is now in some ways, but... But, you know, you've come a long way in 30 years. What do you, what do you see as the future, Dave? Oh, that's a, that's a good question. <laughs> um, that's a nasty question, in a way. No, I'm but, sorry. Uh, I, <laughs> I, well, I see this technology still progressing. I, I can hopefully see, uh, again, we're always, we're always up against, you know, the medical models and this and that, which makes it difficult to progress. <clears throat> but um, I, really, I'd love to, I think the future can be that all students start using these technologies, and there's, there's more than just this, of course, biofeedback, neurofeedback, uh, these are all good, but yeah, I would say non-drug approaches to mental well-being uh, is really where the future can be, and uh, people can really get into managing their own minds and being in control of their own minds, <clears throat> and uh, you can see, I think, cognitively and emotionally, we can see society continue uh, to ascend into much higher levels than, than where the bar is currently now. All kinds of people struggling uh, with not just anxiety and depression and things like this, which really shut down a person's abilities, but also their own mindsets. I mean, when you get on this gear and you start mm-hmm. doing creative thinking, you can open up all kinds of possibilities as to what your futures can be. And uh, there's artists, musicians uh, who use this gear just for their creativity, story, story writers, uh, poets. Uh, so it, it, the applications are very broad, and uh, maybe someday we'll get it right down. We'll get it in the smartphones where we're actually working on that right now. Uh, so you can make it you know, very small and portable. You can pop it on a plane. You can use it for your jet lag. Uh, that's already been being done at the moment. And it can be an everyday assist you know, for mental excellence, I would guess, and, and wellness. 
Yeah, and I'm sure that's true. And what I've seen is greater specificity over time with the advance of technology on the one hand, but also more knowledge about how all this stuff works. Um, you know, so initially it was one sort of stimulation to one area, and now it's different sorts of stimulation to different areas. One can only assume that's just going to get more more complex and more spe- specific, don't you think? In many, in some ways, yes, but it's also, the more we learn how to globalize it to some degree, too, and the more dimensionality a person has, and that's what one of the things that we do see as dimensionality really increases. People's abilities can be really diverse. You can be good at writing, you can be good at diving, you can be good at, you know, flying an airplane, you can be good at math, you can be good at writing stories. And so, most people have a part of their brain that functions pretty good, but the rest doesn't so well, so they kind of get good at one item. Right. Uh, with this technologies, you can. It's quite easy to be good at a multitude of different things, and and enjoy and appreciate all the things that you know modern life has to offer. Not just a couple little things within that realm, but the whole realm. And I do that with my own personal life, as I you know mentioned earlier. I dive, I run, I climb, I cave, <clears throat> I do math, I do sailing, I do uh, navigation, I do, uh, I fly radio-controlled airplanes and drones, I do. Uh, all kinds of things. I write music and I play and I sing and uh, and I'll be uh, um, stuff like that. In fact, I've got a song on YouTube right now called "Dancing in the Dendrites," <laughs> and you can access that song and you hear me doing a fun song about the importance of uh, of learning and, and and the brain function. It's a fun little song. And uh, yes, a person can be uh, all everything and you know, all in everything if they keep that that whole brain tuned up. Yeah, and, and you're right. It's about fine-tuning the brain so it operates much more effectively. Um, well, Dave, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for your work. Thank you for your pioneering work. Thank you for being a guest on the show. And again, people can find you, and I'd really encourage listeners who have any interest in this at all to go to your website, mindalive.com. Uh, it's a great website because it's got not just the research, but the different products, the different ways it can be used. Um, so again, thank you, Dave, for uh, being on the show today with us. And uh, we will definitely keep in touch with you. Okay, and Howard and Leah, uh, thank you very much for having for inviting me to your show, and uh, and I must say that I do appreciate and applaud your efforts at uh, at, at what, what you're bringing into society for helping all of us by bringing by running the show in the first place and bringing speakers on to help people uh, do better with mental wellness and ability. Well, thank you so much, Dave. Uh, perhaps we'll have you on again. And uh, for all you listeners out there, we'll see you next time. Leah and I will see you next time on Master Your Life. Thank you for being a part of our show today. Master Your Life with Leah Mattinson and Dr. Howard Rankin can be heard every Tuesday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now... Go enjoy your successful life. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericaempowerment.com. 
The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 